Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to the journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and it's a show that's all about faith and hope and love and life, encouraging people on the path of discipleship. Goes out to an absolute host of radio stations right around the country. Lots of people get it too, as a podcast each and every week through different platforms. We don't care how you are listening in. We're just so glad and humbled that you are. And we've got some awesome people who are contributing to the show this week, all focused on the Lenten season and an openness to the Holy Spirit. And so you're going to hear from these wonderful people this week. A good mate of mine, Darren McDowell, he's, uh, he's studying in the seminary at the moment. He's going to talk to us about holiness in action really awesome to have Sister Mary Ellen Hill, who wants to reflect on who our Good Shepherd is. The wonderful Father Tony Percy is with us. He's got a piece this week that is called The Catapulting Event. We don't know what a catapult is. And he's going to talk about the entry of Jesus into the desert as a catapulting event for his ministry, and, and we have similar catapulting events in our lives. You'll love it. It's always good stuff from, from Father Tony. Mother Hilda Scott's with us, of course, Wisdom from the Abbey. She's going to talk to us about forgiveness. Kicking us off this week, and in fact, right throughout Lent, we're going to be hearing from the wonderful Sister Catherine Stone. She's from the Missionaries of God's Love, and her gospel reflections right throughout the Lenten season represent a bit of a shift and a change from us, away from the really good stuff that we get each week from Mass View at Home. Well, we've got Sister Catherine right throughout this Lenten journey who is going to be breaking open the gospel for us, taken from that small group resource that tens of thousands of people are using right around the country, indeed right around the world, that is the daily Lenten journey. But Sister Catherine this year has got the gig of breaking open the Sunday Gospel Reflections for us. We're going to hear what she's got to say today about the first Sunday of Lent Gospel. It's from Mark chapter 1, 12 to 15. And it talks about Jesus entering into the desert and being tempted. She's going to talk to us about what the desert is and how each of us too, in our own way, are, are called into the wilderness and grapple with what's true and to listen to the voice of God and to be prepared and, and hardened for what is our mission. So lots to get through. We're going to dive into a psalm. Now, first song is always going to be one of the psalms. Put the music. And it's a beautiful reflection on your ways, O Lord, of love and truth. We're into it. We're into the season of Lent. Faith, hope, love and life. We better get into it. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness, and he remained there for forty days, and was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels looked after him. After John had been arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. There he proclaimed the good news from God. The time has come, he said, and the kingdom of God is close at hand. Repent and believe the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, the Gospel Reflection with Sister Catherine Stone. I don't know about you, but at about this time every Lent, 40 days seems like a long, bleak stretch of time. It's probably mostly to do with the thought of going without whatever of life's pleasant things I've chosen to give up this Lent. This feeling of interior bleakness does help, however, in getting me in touch with the exterior bleakness of the wilderness where Jesus spent his 40 days in today's gospel, 
the outlook for him mustn't have been much more pleasant than it is for me at the beginning of the 40 days. Why would the Spirit take Jesus to such a place? In the history of Israel, and even the church, the wilderness or desert has traditionally been a place of encounter with God. Moses, the people of Israel, Elijah, John the Baptist, Jesus himself. For millennia, men and women of prayer have taken themselves into the desert in order to be rid of all destruction and encounter the living God. Each Lent, we too follow the Holy Spirit into our own experience of wilderness. Not to prove to God or ourselves that we can go 40 whole days without coffee or chocolate or alcohol, but to encounter the living God. The things we give up help us to create the wilderness experience. Without them, we have less to distract us from prayer and thus from encounter with God. Well, that's the idea anyway. In my experience, it's much easier to rid ourselves of chocolate than to rid ourselves of the desire for chocolate. And so, in the wilderness, we're prey to temptation, which is ultimately trying to get us to settle for less than what we had set out for. A simple fix of chocolate, rather than allowing my physical desire to point me to the deeper reality of my inner spiritual desire for God. Alongside this, we also discover the wild beasts. They're actually living in us all the time, but they tend to behave in a more civilised manner when we feed them with regular coffee and take their edge off their appetites with alcohol or Netflix. But without those distractions, we see more of our inner wild beasts in their natural ferocity, our laziness, impatience, quick temper. How is it in all of this chaos, that we have any hope of meaningful encounter with God. On the face of it, it doesn't seem like Jesus had an encounter with God in the wilderness either. Looking more closely, however, we see that the angels looked after him. The only other time that we hear of angels ministering to Jesus was in a similarly bleak place, his agony in Gethsemane. In the places of his deepest struggles and weakness, Jesus encountered the compassion of God. Perhaps for us too, it is only when we let go of our distractions and face our weaknesses and struggles that we can experience God's compassion. This might even be in the form of angels that God sends to look after us. The person who allowed us to enter the heavy traffic the one who got our washing in before it rained, the listening ear that was present to our struggles, the word of wisdom that gave us hope to hold on to. Perhaps our daily focus this Lent could be on naming the angels, the tangible experiences of God's compassionate love and mercy for us during this wilderness experience. Rather than giving all of our attention to our temptations, and the wild beasts inside, let's choose to recognise where we have encountered God's saving compassion. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. You may well have heard of the person that I'm going to speak about now, Archbishop Took. He was Archbishop of Saigon and was in fact a bishop when Saigon fell during the Vietnam War. He was taken prisoner and for 13 and a half years endured immense deprivation. A number of those years were actually spent in solitary confinement. Among the many ploys that were used against him in the big re-education program to get him to deny his God, they used to, for instance, leave the bald electric light burning for days. Bishop Tuck couldn't tell the difference between day and night. Then, reversely, they would leave the light off for days and he would be plunged into incredible darkness. And it doesn't take much imagination to work out what that would have done to somebody's spirit. On other occasions, they would leave him hungry for several days and then give him a great feast of fish, heavily salted fish. Obviously, he'd eat the lot, being hungry, and this would be followed by a terrible thirst. He would be left, and then they'd give him something to drink, and he would drink and drink and drink. Now, at the risk of sounding crass, then, of course, the inevitable bodily functions would take over, and the poor bishop would find that he had soiled himself badly. The guards would come, they would drag him out into the centre of the yard with everybody to look at him. They'd get a female officer to strip him and hose him down. They would hose out his cell. Again, it doesn't take much imagination to work out how humiliating that must have been for him. Ah, but Bishop Took came up with an answer. For the love of his dear God was never far from his heart. He bowed and he apologised to those guards for causing them trouble. How many of us would have the humility, have the humility to even think that in the face of the little humiliations that come our way? How about this week, making that part of your story? I intend to make it part of mine when those little humiliations come to us that we find ourselves saying thank you to the person who points out something that we already know, that we say I'm sorry to the person who's putting us under duress. In the end, how we would gladden the heart of God who says thank you and I'm sorry to us all the time. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. What a great story, hey? story of Archbishop Took of Saigon, who was bishop at the end of the Vietnam War and was taken prisoner, spent 13 years in immense suffering, and how he dealt with all of those deprivations and those humiliations and the way he forgave in the midst of that. Very powerful, as was the input from Sister Catherine Stone from the Missionaries of God's Love. Her gospel reflection this week was entitled Wilderness and the Wild Beasts. Breaking open the first reading for this Sunday in Lent, which was exactly what Jesus did, went into the wilderness and 
was preparing himself for the mission he was about to undertake, his public ministry. That, as we're about to hear after the break from Father Tony Percy, was a catapulting event. He really knows his stuff. He's going to explain why it was a catapulting event for Jesus and how we have similar events in our own lives. And uh, we're going to be open to that. We're going to be ready for it and we're going to let it form us. That's after the break. Some more music, though, first up. Chris Tomlin, Kyrie Eleison, and then after the break, some Bethel music for the cross. You're going to love what's coming up right throughout the show. And Father Tony, after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us on the journey.
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. The life you gave Your body was broken Your love poured out You bled and you died For me there on the cross Oh, you breathed your last As you were crucified You gave it all for me Hallelujah, what a Savior Hallelujah, what a friend Hallelujah, King forever We thank you for the cross
Father Tony Percy. It's uh, the beginning of the season of Lent. This is the first Sunday of Lent. Year B, once again, the Gospel of Mark. It brings us into a foundational human experience. So Mark tells us quite remarkably that Jesus is thrown, is thrown. The English translation that we have, he was drove, but the, uh, the word is a very specific Greek word. Jesus was thrown into the desert by the Holy Spirit to be tested or tempted by Satan, which the word means accuser. Satan is the accuser. So check that in on your own human experience. And there Jesus was, we're told, Mark says, he lived there with the wild beasts and the angels for 40 days and 40 nights, which evokes, of course, that biblical imagery of 40 days, a rather long period, very prominent in the Old Testament. So here we are at the beginning of Lent. It's a 40-day period. And uh, even modern psychology is saying if you can do something for 40 days, 30 days, 40 days, that becomes a virtue. You give something up, you stop doing something you shouldn't be doing, or you pick up something that you should be doing. You do it for a period of time, 30 days, 40 days, doesn't really matter too much. But if you consistently do it, that becomes a habit and becomes part of your life. So that's the sense about it, even in modern psychology. But of course, the, the primitive ancient people knew this very, very well indeed. So we have this, as I mentioned at the beginning, that we have this foundational human experience. Every one of us has it. Doesn't matter who you are. We have this experience in life of being uprooted from our normal existence, of being dislocated, disrupted. We're almost catapulted. I call it a catapulting event, catapulted into a form of suffering, something that we not would not necessarily choose. It's very true of every single human being. It's a foundational human experience. Disruption, being interrupted, being catapulted into something that is not of your own making. And this, of course, happens to Jesus. But the first two weeks of Lent, we'll come back to this more next week, the first two weeks of Lent really try to bring us into the mystery of who Christ is. He's truly human and he's truly divine. This week, we're focusing on the fact that he's truly human. He's a human being. He's a divine person, but he has a totally human nature. He's fully human, fully divine. And so he has this experience of being disrupted. And Mark puts it beautifully, don't you think? The Holy Spirit threw him into the desert or the wilderness where he was tested or tempted by by Satan. Now, what to do? Just to finish on this, what to do when this happens, as it will inevitably happen to each one of us? What do we do when we are catapulted into the wilderness? And whatever form it may be, it may be in body, it may be in soul, it may be in spirit. Perhaps you're having difficulties in your thinking and memory and or you're having difficulties with your spiritual life or bodily you're feeling a, you've been sort of catapulted into a, a form of ill health. What, what do we do? Well, remember, the very previous preceding event in the Gospel of Mark is the baptism of Jesus, where he goes into the warm water of the Jordan, the dove, the Holy Spirit, the dove comes down upon him, and he hears a voice, the voice of the Father, say, you 
are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. So Jesus in his humanity had an extraordinary experience of the Father's love. And that's what we want in order to cope with these catapulting events being driven out into wildernesses and deserts. We need to be really sure in our relationship with God our Father. We need to not only know that we are loved, but we need to feel it. And so let's open ourselves to this. If there's one thing we should do in the 40-day period is just to find a little bit of time to pray, a little bit of stillness, to receive this love from the Father, to hear God say to us, you are my beloved daughter, you are my beloved son, and then we can cope with anything. I hope you enjoyed that. It's hard not to. Father Tony Percy, he is awesome. I love listening to his stuff. He's been such a great addition to this show over the course of the last 12 months or so. love the way he regularly breaks open the meanings of, of words that are used, particularly in how that adds meaning and depth to our understanding of the scriptures. And I hope you enjoyed that piece, Catapulting Event. Don't forget, you can go to jcr.org.au. If you do that and you scroll down, you'll see a, a mugshot of Father Tony Percy and pictures of all of our presenters. You can click on their most recent God spots or you can go right through the library of stuff that they've done over many, many years now. They're a source of great encouragement and formation for people. They're there for free. Just grab them. You can sign up if you like when you're there and you can get this show sent to you each and every week. Mind you, we know that most people listen in through the wonderful network of Christian radio stations right around the country, and it's just an honour to be part of their ministry, which is so far-reaching. After the break, Darren McDowell is going to talk to us about holiness in action. Not before some more music, though. Here's Lauren Daigle and the song Power to Redeem. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm so glad you joined us on the journey.
rejoice, O child of God. Lift your eyes to see with every morning light. Again, we are redeemed. Rejoice, O child. Love and life. This is the journey. Now, another Piata Lenten reflection. Here's Darren McDowell and his reflection on the readings for Monday, 19 February. What do you understand by holiness? Often, when we think of this term, we might be tempted to simply look at the time we spend in prayer, devotions, or communal worship, essentially, our inner life. These practices are important. However, our readings today from Leviticus chapter 19 and Matthew chapter 25 clearly point to another aspect of holiness, our movement into action. Indeed, the holiness of life in the love of others is equated with God's holiness. On Monday, in the first reading from chapter 19 of Leviticus, We hear God asking us to be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. The reading then describes this holiness as the just and loving ways we treat our brothers and sisters, giving them justice and love. In the Gospel from chapter 25 of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus shares a parable about the final judgment, teaching us that when we show love to the poor, lonely, Homeless, marginalized, and captive, we are actually showing love to Him. In doing so, we reflect the holiness of God. Notice, though, that Jesus is principally identifying with those who are in need, suffering, isolated, and lonely, the stranger. How often do we overlook or miss seeing these people within the busyness of our own lives? However, It is these very people whom Jesus invites us to recognize and attend to in loving service, for he is present in them. Our readings, therefore, invite us to reconsider holiness, especially in this Lenten season. Yes, our spiritual life is of great importance. However, 
This inner life must flow out in real, tangible and practical ways to those who are truly suffering and in need. The mystery of God is that he continually moves out in love, caring for each one of us and the whole of creation. It is this mystery which we journey towards celebrating at Easter, the movement of God outwards, to be so connected and loving to us that he would die for us in order to save us. His holiness is love in action, is ours. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, in opening my eyes to see the poor and suffering around me, move me into action in order that I may grow in holiness and love of you. Amen. Wow, that was rich. Thank you so much to, to Darren McDowell for some tips on holiness in action and how in this Lenten season we're very much encouraged to go beyond our normal prayer and communal worship and be drawn very much into action, sometimes to doing hard things that stretch us beyond where we would normally go and listening to the voice and promptings of God in the midst of that. And that can be a real gift to us. Often there's a a bit of a sense of Lent as a time to give stuff up. Well, that's true. There's an element of letting stuff go and prioritizing what God wants us to do. But often it's a time of great gifting where God gives to us new insights, new vigor, new zeal, new outpourings of of grace for the purpose of action, for the purpose of of impact in in our world. So thanks to Darren for, for breaking that open for us in his little God spot this week from the Pieta Lenten series. So you might be doing that, but if you're not, you're getting the the fruits of it, the benefits of it by hearing these great inputs from wonderful people like Darren. One more to come after the break. Sister Mary Ellen Hill is going to talk to us about our Good Shepherd. That's after the break. Some more music first up. His Mercy Me and the song Greater. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and we're getting near the end, but so pleased you've joined us on the journey. Bring your tired and bring your shame Bring your guilt and bring your pain Don't you know that's not your name You will always be much more to me And every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right But that's alright Cause I
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Now, another Piata Lenten reflection. Here's Sister Mary Helen Hill and her reflection on the readings for Thursday, 22 February. Who is this good shepherd we have? What is he like? The Psalms praise him as the one who leads us beside restful waters to revive our drooping spirits, guiding our steps along the right paths. Recalling these images of the good shepherd brings us comfort. Perhaps we even find ourselves softly smiling with the assurance of his steady presence in our lives. At other times, these idyllic scenes seem impossible. Hemmed in by worries, forsaken or slandered by friends, overcome by our own guilt, we can feel trapped and alone in the valley of darkness. The Gospel today is a powerful reminder of the eternal authority of the shepherd to dispel the darkness and rescue us from all danger and every prison of our own or others' making. Yes, We have a good shepherd who goes in search of us, right into the very heart of darkness. He enters into the deepest abyss of pain and anguish, overcoming death by death. Indeed, the very gates of hell cannot hold out against the authority of his love for us, his power to heal, cleanse, restore, comfort and sanctify us and bring us home. At the moment when Peter's faith was affirmed at Caesarea Philippi, he held true to the shepherd, but he did not understand his ways. He had to learn that the true power of the keys was found in the redemptive suffering of Christ. Later, after years of suffering for the spread of the gospel in the pagan world, he addresses the new elders of the early church by staking his own leadership on the fact that he is a witness to the sufferings of Christ. Following the Good Shepherd completely transformed his entire mindset and approach to leadership as he emulated the example set by the Master. Let us renew our hope in the saving authority of Christ ever present among us and ask for the grace to follow his ways. Let us pray. Jesus, Good Shepherd, guide us along your paths so that we can dwell in your own house forever and ever. Amen. To the hill of Calvary, my Savior went courageously. And there he bled and died for me. Hallelujah for the cross. And on that day the world was changed. A final perfect lamb was slain. Let earth and heaven now proclaim. Hallelujah for the cross. Hallelujah for the war he fought. Love has won. Death has lost. The souls he bought, hallelujah for the cross. What good I've done could never save my debt too great for deeds. 
Great song to finish the show there, Newsboys. Hallelujah for the cross. Absolutely. And that's where we're journeying towards in this Lenten season, journeying towards Good Friday. And you can't have the resurrection without the cross. That's what we're told. We've got to take up our cross and, and follow in Jesus' footsteps. And that's a great song to finish the show. And Sister Mary Helen Hill, thank you to her for her insights into our Good Shepherd and the nature of who our Lord is the Good Shepherd who's going and searching for us when we've gone missing. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We've loved bringing it to you. Thanks to all of our contributors, to Sister Mary, Helen Hill, as we've just said, to Darren McDowell. Great to have the wonderful Father Tony Percy, Mother Hilda Scott, of course, and and great to have Sister Catherine, a bit of a new voice for us there, breaking open the gospel each week. And we're going to be hearing from Sister Catherine Stone from the Missionaries of God's Love every week throughout our Lenten journey together. And if it's anything like what she gave us today, it's going to be a wonderful journey. Thanks for listening in. Thanks to Max Norton for putting the show together. Thanks to all of the partnering radio stations around the country who take this show in each and every week. We will be doing it again next week as we head into the second Sunday of Lent. I hope you can join us then. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Darawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.